Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Character, presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast where we will be speaking on the subject, What Does the Bible Say About Vanity? Let us go to the throne of grace, Heavenly Father, from whom all blessings flow. We come today, Lord God, beseeching your mercy and your tender loving kindness. We realize that all good and perfect gifts come from above, from the Father of light, from whom there is no barrenness, neither neither shadow of turning. And Father, as we come today, we ask you to bless this podcast. We ask that your people be edified through your word today. And Lord, as we impart your word, we bind the works of every demonic spirit every hindering spirit, every lying tongue, everything that is of difference, make tries to make a difference in your word, Lord God, and try not to allow your people to have access to your blessings. Now, Father, we thank you for everything that you are going to do and what you have already done. And we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. What does the Bible say about vanity? Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. We're talking about King Solomon here, known as the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity as referenced in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2. The Hebrew word for vanity used in this verse literally means vapor or breath. I think I'll say that again. The Hebrew word for vanity used in this verse literally means vapor or breath. It can also be translated meaninglessness, emptiness, or futility. This preacher is Solomon, and he is telling us that after exploring all the world has to offer, he has found <clears throat> it amounts to nothing. It is pointless to chase worldly goals because they disappear with our last breath. The foundation helps us to understand the other ways the word vanity is used in the Bible. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 20 says that all creation was subjected to vanity because of God's curse. When Adam sinned, God cursed all that he had made, referenced in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. In other words, perfection was lost. All of creation is now falling short of its original purpose. Rather than working in harmony with God and creation, inhabitants of the earth have turned on each other and against God. We still reel from the effects of that curse. Everything meant to be right side up is upside down. The chaos and insanity of the world, as we know, it is due to the fact that God has subjected creation to vanity until the time when it will be set free. Referenced in Romans chapter 8, verse 21. When vanity enters, enters 
our personal lives, it brings with it pride, jealousy, envy, strife, haughtiness, and many other negative things. Vanity disvalues what important, what is important, and puffs up what is trivial. Vanity peppers the mind with nervous questions. How do I look? What will people think of me? Why wasn't I honored instead of him? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, verse warns, this verse warns that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But vanity rarely listens to warnings. A person consumed with vanity is self-absorbed and preoccupied <clears throat> with his own opinions, issues, and desires. At the root of all vanity, vanity is self, which demands to be protected at all costs. Self cannot co-rule or live along with the Holy Spirit. God will not share his throne. <clears throat> That's why Jesus calls us to calls us to die to self in order to follow him, referenced in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Vanity is an enemy to the spirit and must be constantly brought to the cross and crucified, referenced in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> King Saul let vanity rule his life until it destroyed him. Strikingly handsome, gifted, and chosen by God, King Saul had the potential to be a world changer, referenced in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Humble at first that he should be God's elect king, referenced in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 21, chapter 10, verse 21 and 22, King Saul soon let Vanity go to his head, as is referenced in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. His vanity decided that he would he was in, important enough to disregard the commands of the Lord and to make things happen in his own way. Because of this, God removed his blessings and his spirit from King Saul so that he the remainder of his reign was plagued with jealousy, murder, and discord. Referenced in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14, and chapter 18, verses 10 and 11. Vanity, vanity can cause us to become impressed with our own greatness, achievements, and attractiveness. Left unchecked, vanity desires that we like King Saul, are important enough to disregard God's commands and to make things happen in our own way. We read, thou shalt not in the scripture, but think that is not, that's for other people, not for me. If we are confronted about our sin, we get offended at the one confronting us. The defense of vanity sounds something like this. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I am really a good person. 
I know what the Bible says, but I think we all have our own personal truth. My truth is that vanity played a role in the first sin in the Garden of Eden, and it continues to be the root of most sin today. Satan induced, introduced vanity with the words, has God really, has God really said? Referenced in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Eve saw that the forbidden fruit was beautiful, tasty, and appealing, and vanity began to, began to stir within her. The desire for pleasure and personal promotion displaced God in her heart. Still today, sin occurs when we allow our own opinions to trump God's word. When vanity rules us, God does not. I think I'll repeat that. When God rules us, vanity has does not. And when God rules us, vanity has to go. Many times... God said, when a man thinks of himself something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. We have vain imaginations, vanity of rising in our governments, in our schoolhouses, in our community, and in oneself. The mind of Christ is not filled with vanity. The carnal mind is the one that is filled <clears throat> with vanity. I pray today that what I have said to you, will you will embrace it, that you will hold it dear to your heart and make the changes necessary that you may receive eternal life, that you may receive the blessing from God. What does it Profit a man to gain the whole world, vanity, and lose his soul. Or what can a man exchange for his soul? All is vanity. What Solomon is saying, all is vanity. I don't care where you go in social life, or social ladder, or community involvement, or ecclesiastical ladder, wherever you may go, all is vanity if God is not the one in your heart. For God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. Everything around you is vanity. You are here for a purpose. That's you, me, or anyone else. We are here for a purpose and that purpose is to assure that someone sees Christ in our life and see that image that God is and what he has put in us that will let the whole world know that we don't have vain imaginations. We don't have wrong desires and jealousy and envy and strife. That, that, that is all vanity because it does not abide in the word of God. It does not abide in the kingdom of God and it should not abide 
in you. May God bless you. May God smile upon you. And may God give you peace.